Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, is being attacked for his Christian stance and his biblical worldviews. Well, is a Christian Speaker of the House a real threat to America as some are suggesting? Well, just like the original name of this program, we will discuss politics and religion on this edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Dave Robbins. I'm with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Now, before we get off into this, I want to make sure that you know my goal for this program is not to advocate for or against anyone's political views. You got to make your own decisions on that. But I simply want to show you how far a nation can go once they push God and the Bible out of their society. You know, everyone, politics is not the answer. And I know that, and I hope you know that. Politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. The church is God's method of ruling the world. The end time world government of the Antichrist will be a totally godless entity. The Antichrist will absolutely drive the belief in a God and the belief in the Bible out of society. He can't promote the belief in the true, the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the New Testament, and the God of true Christians on the earth today, because the Bible says he will claim to be God at some point. So you can't be promoting uh, the Christian, the, the Bible stance on who God is and what He is, because the Bible says that the Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, Him only shalt thou serve. There's only one God. So for the Antichrist to claim to be God Himself, it's, an, it's, it's as diametrically opposed to the Bible as you can get. You know, I got a question. I wonder if the Antichrist will be a coffee drinker. You know, as you can imagine, we are essentially working around the clock to keeping up with the war in Israel and all the different things, the CBDCs and the world government, world religion, precursors of the mark of the beast. But we're certainly energized and we're motivated by our God-given purpose, but thankfully, we're also being fueled by First Cup Coffee. First Cup Coffee is not a woke organization. They haven't tried to rewrite our history books or lobby to defend our military, but they're, they're simply a a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company right here in the great state of Texas. They have many different roasts that are named after American uh, pieces of American history. So, support First Cup Coffee. You're actually supporting end time when you buy coffee from First Cup. Firstcup.com. Use the code ENDTIME to get 10% off. And if you subscribe, they'll give you an additional 10% off. So go to firstcup.com. Use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. And in doing that, you'll help support End Time Ministries. And it helps further our cause and helps us uh, reach new people around the world. And you know, I've had people ask, well, I wonder what Irvin Baxter would say 
uh, about these guys advertising coffee and, you know, a butcher shop and some different things, Birch Gold, on the radio program. Well, I can tell you that he would be very happy that we have the opportunity to use these kind of advertisements and different things to help pay for some of the projects that we want to do and, th and, and further the ministry um, in the future. It's a great opportunity. You guys will give you efforts or um, it's ways to buy uh, good things, good coffee, good meat from uh, backyard butchers and different things and a way to, you know how, I'm not telling you to go buy gold, but if you're looking into maybe uh, diversifying into some hard assets and different things, um, a way to go buy gold with Birch Gold, hey, and it's a way to do it, and in doing so, you can support the ministry. And so, it's a very good thing, and I know my father-in-law would approve of it. My father-in-law asked for donations and different things in different ways, but this is one of the ways that we've chosen to do that, and it's a win-win for people all around. So, uh, I know my father-in-law would say, you know what, Dave, Doug, Vince, go after it, guys, because we need, we need end time ministries to reach the world uh, in the end time with that message. So, Dad, I look forward to seeing you again someday very soon. I'll meet you in the rapture. In the meantime, we're rolling on. The ministry's doing great and uh, very thankful for all the souls that are being reached around the world. Okay, now, again, the end time world government of the Antichrist is going to be a totally godless entity, which is why God is coming to establish His kingdom here on the earth. He's, you talk about a great reset, God's coming back, and that will be the great, great reset, I promise you. The, we have learned over the last 6,000 years of human existence that humans can make a real mess of stuff. So God's coming back to set things right, and that's going to be the millennial reign. The Bible says in Daniel 2.44, And in the days of these kings, in the days of the Holy Roman Empire, and the ten horns, those ten nations, in the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Revelation 11.15, talking about the same kingdom, it says, And the seventh angel sounded. This is the last trump. And there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Revelation 19, 15, And out of His mouth goes a sharp sword, and that, he, and that with it He should smite the nations, and He shall rule them with a rod of iron. It's not going to be man's way or man's law. It's going to be God's law. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And then Isaiah 11.9 says this. This is during the millennial reign. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So God is coming back to specifically rule with a rod of iron during the 1,000-year millennial reign. It will be in His kingdom. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> the, the governments of this world will be done away with, and we will be moving into the kingdom of God, God's government here. And the saints that are raptured, both from the Old Testament and from the New, we will rule and reign as kings and priests with Him during that 1,000-year millennial reign. Now, of course, 
when we're talking about a physical government here on the earth, I have to mention Birch Gold because there, the, the, the governments, the world government enthusiasts want to impose digital currencies and different things, digital IDs on the populations of the world. It, all of this ties in together. They would even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products and or easily freeze and seize part of your money. In essence, they enable the government to, to take control of your money. So there are people that are concerned, concerned Americans, that are, that are looking for ways to diversify their assets into many ways, but in one big way would be into, into a physical asset, gold. And they're doing that with the help of Birch Gold Group. Most of the conservative news sources support uh, or have partnered with Birch Gold Group. If you want a, a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get just it. It's a free info kit on gold. It doesn't force you to buy gold, but they want to give you a free info kit. They want to tell you all about it. And, um, you know, if you have like an IRA or a 401k from a, a previous employer that's just been sitting around for years, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. And if you're going to deal in gold, you better deal with somebody you can trust. I can tell you that. <clears throat> because we've had some dealings years ago with some of these um, people get, wanting to get involved in gold, and it was not a, a pretty picture. That's why when you, with somebody which, with like Birch Gold, it's somebody you can trust. They've been around for a long time, and they have a, an unbelievable track record. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime. Claim your free info kit on gold, because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may wish you had some gold to fall back on, right? Now... With that said, um, there, let's talk about what's happening with Mike Johnson and the, the new Speaker of the House. Because um, he's being attacked right now for some of his beliefs. Ecumenical News says that they published an article, MAGA, Make America Great Again, and, um, which is what they're trying to demonize people as being. Oh, you're part of MAGA. Well, the title of the article was MAGA and Christian nationalism are a bigger threat to the United States than Hamas. And this column triggers a debate and furor. you got to be kidding me. MAGA and Christian nationalism? A bigger threat to America than Hamas? Now you tell me that that's not propaganda, everybody. But listen at this. Mike Johnson was included in that article in in they were talking about him being a Christian nationalist. Well, the Guardian stated that setting aside all of these wildly extreme religiously motivated policy preferences, there is a more insidious threat to America in Mike Johnson's embrace of scriptural originalism. Well, I fall in that category. They talk about his belief that subjective interpretation of the Bible provides the master plan for governance. Wow, wouldn't I like, wouldn't you like the government to be ran by biblical principles? I would love that. But yet they're saying that's a, a, an, an insidious, um, dark, ulterior motive of Mike Johnson. you got to be kidding me. Talk about a society that has moved away from God and the Bible. You say, well, what's the big deal with that, Dave? This is the land of the free, the home of the brave, the freedom to practice any religion. 
that is correct. You can pra practice any religion you want. But if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to be following the Bible. There, I just said it. The words to eternal life are found in the Bible, folks. And a society that moves away from the Bible, they're in trouble. I mean, somebody's got to say this. And so, this is why they're hammering Mike Johnson right now. Fox News, uh, Kaylee McEnany, she recently brought up a, a media attacks against Mike Johnson's faith, including the Daily Beast that called Mike Johnson a Christo-fascist who seeks to impose his religion on others like the Taliban and the mullahs in Iran. I, tell me they're not, th this is way beyond, I mean, this is propaganda to the extreme. She, asked, she also asked him about HBO host Bill Maher's uh, comments where he compared Mike Johnson to the mass shooter suspected of killing nearly 20 people in Maine because the shooter also heard voices. They're talking about Mike Johnson um, maybe being spirit-led, that he, maybe, maybe he heard from God on something. And they're saying that My, Bill Maher compared him to that mass shooter in Maine because the shooter supposedly heard voices. Now folks, this is getting dangerous to talk about because you're talking about some stuff that, that's, it goes beyond propaganda. And uh, McEnany also mentioned Jen Psaki, the recent, uh, um, what was she, the press secretary, she labeled Mike Johnson as a Christian fundamentalist. And the USA Today stated, the week the Republican Party caved to MAGA and surrendered America's middle extremism. Now get this, they said, if you see Donald Trump and his MAGA movement as a dishonest, disingenuous threat to America, if you believe religion and politics shouldn't mix, the new House Speaker Mike Johnson should worry you. Wow, sounds dangerous, doesn't it? Mike Johnson should worry me because he has a biblical world view. Are you scared yet? Are you scared of Mike Johnson? Are you afraid he's going to appear under your bed tonight or in come out of the dark of your closet and pull the covers off of you? I mean, come on, you guys. We're talking about a man that has a biblical worldview and these people are scared to death of him and they're attacking him. You know, a Christian fundamentalist is an individual who believes and lives their life according to the literal interpretation of the Bible. Plain and simple. So, in that sense, every person who considers themselves a Christian should be a Christian fundamentalist. Wouldn't you say that's right? Doesn't 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 through 17, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's the Bible, folks. Scripture. I mean, the overall thesis of the Bible is devoted to a person's relationship with both God and their fellow man. And Jesus told us this in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 39. They come unto him, they said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, that um, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. The message is clear, folks. 
love God and love your neighbor. However, these are not the only principles set forth in Scripture. Even though the Bible is full of Scriptures about love and unity, that does not mean a person can live any way they want and be saved. So, when somebody comes along and says, I believe in a literal interpretation of the Word of God, we've got to attack him, right? If, I've, if I'm living a lifestyle that is diametrically opposed to the Bible, and somebody comes along and says, hey, I believe in the Bible, that's my worldview, that's how I believe, then we would say, well, I'm diametrically opposed to you, I'm arguing against the Bible, because I want to live a certain way, and you don't believe that, so I'm going to attack you, right? I mean, without the literal interpretation of a strict, um, and strict adherence to the, the doctrinal teachings of the entire Bible, there's no salvation. Salvation is found in the Bible. It's God's Word, folks. It's the only way to heaven. Now, I'm going to get into some videos here and stuff in just a moment, but I want to make sure I mention Backyard Butchers first because I, I don't want to cut some of the rest of this in half, so let's get through this. Um, and I want to mention Backyard Butchers. I mean, you know, the majority of your grocery store's meat aisle was imported from some random country overseas, right? You want to get good meat. And I didn't realize a lot of this. I'd just been eating meat my whole life. I, live here in, I lived in Indiana until I was in my 30s. Then we moved to Texas 18 years ago. And so I've always been around farmers, and, I've been around, and now we're here in Texas. So I'm expecting my meat to be just, hey, it was growing outside in the, in the back 40, and now I'm eating it. I've been around farms my entire life, and now ranches. But I guess a lot of stuff you buy in the store, it's not even grown here. It's overseas, and it's shipped in. And, you know, it's all mystery meat. I mean, they even mix it with other meats of different origins. But I want to know what I'm eating. And you never know where the meat came from. And the product of the USA sticker just means it was packaged in the USA. Doesn't mean it was raised here. So, our friends at BackyardButchers.com they deliver American-raised, harvested meat right here in our own American backyards to the dinner tables across the nation. Backyard Butchers, they only source beef and chicken from American farms and deliver the cuts right to your door every month. Grass-fed and grain-finished tastes amazing. My grandpa did it. We bought cows from him all the time, and they were grass-fed, but then he'd take them in the barn, and he would finish them with grain. I know all about it and it made the meat awesome. Well, that's what these guys are doing. So, cut out the frustration from the meat aisle. Go to BackyardButchers.com. Save an extra 20% off your entire order by using Endtime or go to BackyardButchers.com slash Endtime. There's over half a million happy customers across America and an American-based customer service, and a team of stay-at-home moms, and they'll make sure your order is delivered right on time every single month. Go to BackyardButchers.com slash time and buy American meat today and get 20% off your entire order. Okay, now, I'm going to get me some, I can tell you that. Okay, now what I want to do, I want to show you, we talked about Mike Johnson here, I want to show you a video uh, with, a, it was his first interview with Sean Hannity right after, I think it was back on October 27th, right after he had become Speaker of the House. And I want you to hear him talk about his worldview. Uh, roll skit one. Already, the, the press, 
the left have come at you and come at you hard. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, I'll give you two big issues. One on the issue, you, you once worked for the Alliance Defense Fund, a Christian advocacy group, yep. and comments you had made both in writing and advocacy for this group about homosexuality, calling it sinful, destructive, um, and, and not supporting gay marriage. Um, quote, no clear right to sodomy in the Constitution. You have been getting hammered on this. Yeah. And I want to ask you about it. I want to know exactly you know, where you stand. Some of these comments were 15 years ago. I don't even remember some of them. I, I was a okay. litigator that was called upon to defend the state marriage amendments. If you remember back in the early 2000s, I think it was over 35 states, somewhere in that number, that, that the people went to the ballot in their respective states and they amended their state constitutions to say marriage is one man, one woman. Well, I was a religious liberty defense lawyer and I was called to go in and defend those cases in the courts. Let me, let me state this very clearly, and, and there's been questions about this. Let me say where I am. Anybody that knows me will tell you this is true. I am a rule of law guy. I made a, a career defending the rule of law. I respect the rule of law. When the Supreme Court issued the Obergefell opinion, that became the law of the land, okay? I respect the rule of law, but I also genuinely love all people, regardless of their lifestyle choices. This is not about the people themselves. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's a curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview, that's what I believe. And so that's I make your no personal worldview. my personal worldview. But here's the thing, everybody comes to the House of Representatives with deep personal convictions. But all of our personal convictions are not going to become law. That's, this is a, a, a big body of people. There's 435 members in the House. You have to argue and find consensus and all of that. So I have no agenda other than what's best for the American people and to defend the rule of law, and that's what we're doing. Well, then let me ask you on the issue of abortion, where you've been very pro-life. Yeah. Obviously, that comes from your issue as faith. You had argued against Roe, bad law. Yes. Dobbs happens. Yes. That, that issue now has been sent back to the states. On either one of these issues, gay marriage, abortion, do you, will, in the next 14 months, as you're going to be the Speaker of the House, assuming the motion to vacate never comes up, which I think is awful, not, shouldn't be there. I think we're going to change. Or have a, have a higher bar, certainly, 25 people instead of just any one member. But on, any, on those two issues where they've come at you so hard, and you're explaining your personal view and you're kind of bifurcating it sure. or away from your political view. Do you see any scenario where either one of those issues would be an agenda item for you and the Republicans for the next 14 months or at any point down the line? First of all, on the marriage issue, no one has discussed that for as long as I can remember. This has been settled by the Supreme Court in the Obergefell opinion in 2015. So right. uh, that's the decision. Now, they, they changed the definition of marriage that had been regarded by basically every human society for 5,000 years. But when five justices on the Supreme Court changed it, that became the law of the land. I'm a constitutional law attorney. I respect that, and we move forward. The abortion issue is different. The, the table was just reset. With Dobbs' opinion overturned Roe, which I thought was one of the worst, probably the worst, uh, Supreme Court opinion. Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade, yes. The, mm -hmm. the most erroneous court opinion that had been So issued. you like it back. You like the states to decide. We argued my entire career for 25 years that the states should have the right to do this. There's no national consensus among the people on what to do with that, that issue on a federal level for certain. Now think about this, everybody. They are attacking him. One of the main things I've seen that they're attacking him on is he said, hey, Anybody wants to know what my view is on issues?
pick up a Bible. That's my worldview. And I'm telling you, they are raking this guy over the coals. I mean, I'll, think about this for a second. Anyone who's do, who does not agree with, his, with this worldview statement is arguing against the Bible. In other words, why wouldn't we want everyone in Washington, D.C., me as a Christian, I would want everybody in Washington, D.C. to have a biblical worldview. I mean, it's the only one that can be successful. I know there are people that would argue against that, but why do you think God is coming back to establish his kingdom here on the earth and the Bible says he will rule it with a rod of iron and it, the Bible says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. Biblical principles will be how God will run his kingdom for the 1,000 year millennial reign. Why is he coming back to do that if it's not the best, the most successful way to live? If we all live by the doctrines and principles of the Bible, America would truly be great again. And I don't care if you repost that on your Facebook pages and your other uh, social networking sites. If we all live by the doctrines and principles of the Bible, America would truly be great again. So in the interview, Sean Handy asked about two specific issues. Number one, homosexuality. We're going to get into the to the Bible for a second because I want to know, I want you to understand what everybody, what the majority of the liberal media are scared to death of. Why are they hammering um, Mike Johnson on his biblical worldview? Notice, Sean Hannity talked about homosexuality and abortion. Let's talk about homosexuality for a moment. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Well, back in the Old Testament, I'm going to read one scripture. Leviticus 20, 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Now, if it was, it's an abomination then, and it's an abomination today. This is scripture, folks. You say, well, that was Old Testament. That was three or 4,000 years ago. Ah, uh, what about the New Testament? Okay, let's go to the New Testament. Romans 1, 26 through 28. For this cause, God gave them up to undivile affections. For even their women did change the natural use of into which, into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So you've got an Old Testament scripture, you've got a New Testament scripture. The Bible is diametrically opposed to LGBTQ lifestyles. Now, Sean Hannity specifically asked Mike Johnson about his worldview. These are the kinds of things that the liberal news media and all of their cohorts that they are helping to support with their propaganda, these are the things that they are scared to death of with a Mike Johnson sitting in the Speaker of the House position. And they're attacking him to no end. And they're trying to crucify him. They're saying, hey, your time is gonna be short-lived as Speaker of the House, because they absolutely do not want somebody that is a Christian fundamentalist sitting in that seat. The end time show. You're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. 
Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? Well, the atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives. And that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com slash deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com slash deals today. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. You see, everyone, it's okay in the media to talk in generalities. I mean, like, well, we don't like this, we like that, you're, you're, you're opposed to this. You know, it's okay to talk about that, and it's a lot of fluff and hype and propaganda. But when you start quoting scriptures, that's where everything separates right there. And you, you understand what's in people's heart. Oh, you don't like this issue. What about that? You don't like this lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not necessarily, I just believe what the Bible, I'm, take me out of the equation. The Bible says this. What do you think about what the Bible says? That's where all of this comes to. Mike Johnson is simply saying, hey, I believe in, you want to know what I believe on the issues? Pull up a Bible. Read it. That's my worldview. And there are people that are, man, the press is just eating him alive over this stuff. So is he a danger to America? I say if he is who he says he is, it's really a breath of fresh air in Washington, D.C. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, let me give you one more scripture and then we'll move on. Because Sean Hannity brought up homosexuality and abortion. Because that's what a lot of people want to know about Mike Johnson. What are you going to do? He said, look, he said, I will uphold the law. And so that's what he's going to do. But his own personal beliefs, well, they can't even stand for him to have personal beliefs on it. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, I'm going from the New King James Version here. The Bible says, do you, not, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. And the Bible doesn't just pull out a, uh, the homosexuals and sodomites here. It says, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals or sodomites, Thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And, but the Apostle Paul says to the, the church in Corinth, and such were some of you, but you have been washed and sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So these individuals who were in the church in Corinth, 
They had been saved out of those lifestyles. They had been born again. They were in different lifestyles. They were thieves. They were covetous. They were homosexuals, sodomites, all kinds of different things. But the Apostle Paul said, such were some of you. But now you've been born again. You've been saved out of all that stuff. So it is possible. If we can't be saved out of sin, none of us would be saved. And so it doesn't single out just the LGBTQ lifestyles, but all the other sin. You can't inherit the kingdom of God. But those sins that Sean Hannity mentioned and that they're hammering <coughs> Mike Johnson over, excuse me, is one of, them, one of the main ones is his stance on homosexuality. He's simply saying, I agree with the Bible. If you argue against that, you're arguing against the Bible. Number two, abortion. You know, not long ago, there was a, a, a bright line between right and wrong, good and evil, and sin and righteousness uh, in America. You pretty much knew where people stand. Most people kind of stood for right, as a rule. Not everybody. And not, let, not that long ago, there was, there was little dispute among the majority of citizens that America was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Now, again, not everybody, but the majority of Americans. And not that long ago, America's three branches of government recognized and followed those Judeo-Christian values. But those days are, for the most part, appear to be gone, at least for right now. I mean, remember back in 2007, in an interview with CBS, and again in 2009 at a press conference before the Turkish parliament, President Obama denied that America was a Christian nation. Federal and state legislators, they curried favor with their constituents by promising to promote ungodly principles and oppose any attempt to limit them. Activists, judges have um, they've used the Constitution, really, to systematically reprove prayer and any Christian activity from the nation's public schools and public property, by and large. And present-day America has really, not everyone, but in a lot of ways, they've really sent a clear message to God. Hey, God, we don't want you in our society. And America will, we're going to suffer consequences because of that, at least the ones who have done that. Many recent court cases likely would shock many of our founding fathers as a radical disconnect from, the, from history and a contradiction to the role religion played in colonial America. I mean, from the beginning, schools were ran by churches. Bible verses were used in the New England Primer to teach the alphabet, spelling, and reading. Bibles. Um, John Jay, the original Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, he said the Bible is the best of all books, for it is the Word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and in the next. Continue, therefore, to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts. Remember, um, man, oh, what's the guy's name? Fish, Fisher Ames. He was the author of the final language used in the First Amendment. He wrote and he said, why should not the Bible regain the place it once held as a school book. Its morals are pure, its examples captivating and noble, the reverence for the sacred book that is thus early impressed lasts long, and probably, if not impressed in infancy, in infancy, never takes firm hold of the mind. 
John Quincy Adams said, the law given from Sinai was a civil and municipal as, a, as well as moral and religious code. These are laws essential to the existence of men in society and most of which have been enacted by every nation which ever professed any code of laws. Arguably, banning prayer along with any reference to God in the public schools has contributed to the many problems America has faced. However, there are social and cultural factors that have contributed significantly to the spiritual vacuum sweeping our country as we speak. Now, I believe there's going to be a great revival in America, but there's still an enemy fighting for the minds and control of our youth and for different individuals that have dark or ulterior motives in America. And one of these social and cultural factors was, was opening the floodgates for these chosen lifestyles diametrically opposed to the Bible, such as LGBTQ lifestyles. It is why the, these individuals in the liberal media are attacking Mike Johnson like they are. He's saying, hey, you want to know what I believe? Pick up a Bible, that's what I believe. And all of them are arguing against the Bible being used to run our society. Now, that, that's what, read the articles. There's, there's hundreds of them. Whereas our founders said, no, we got to have the Bible. The other one that my, um, Sean Hannity mentioned was abortion. Let's talk about the shedding of innocent blood in the Bible. Again, it's okay to talk about generalities, and I believe this, you believe that, you believe whatever you want to, and I'll believe what I want, and let's just go on with life. Can't do that. Cannot do that. Because we got to go, we're looking at Scripture. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. What's one of those? Hands that shed innocent blood. You know, back in the beginning, Cain and Abel. Remember the story. The first account of the shedding of innocent blood recorded in the Bible is the story of the two brothers, Cain and Abel. Genesis 4, 8 through 10. The Bible says, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass. When they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where's Abel thy brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done, Cain? The voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. Well, God's judgment fell on Cain for murdering his brother. He became a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. Even though Cain protested, my punishment is greater than I can bear. So God put a barrier between himself and Cain to avenge the murder of Abel. If God heard and avenged the cry of the blood of the one murdered soul, how much greater and deserving of revenge is the cry of the tens and tens of millions of aborted babies? And that's just in America, folks. So Sean Hannity is bringing these things up because there are people 
that are scared to death of what Mike Johnson's going to do because he has a biblical worldview on these topics. Now, Sean Hannity then asked about the Middle East. And we're going to go to a video now about the U.S. and Israel in his interview. Here's my worst fear, worst case scenario for the Middle East. Okay, Israel will be fighting a two-front war. Yeah. Gaza, Hamas, and the South. Yes. As soon as they, the ground incursion, which could happen any minute, begins, uh, I would expect uh, more rockets to be fired from the north, from Lebanon, Hezbollah. They, have two, they both have something in common, that they're getting military strategy, weaponry, money support from Iran. Yes. That's the head of the snake. Now we have another problem. Syria has involved itself in this conflict. Another problem, the Houthis seem to be wanting to involve themselves, and you've had comments made by the leaders of Iran that they themselves may get involved in a conflict. If that happens, correct me if you think I'm wrong, I would, bet, I would say all bets are off in the Middle East. We could have a full-out war in the Middle East, Israel at the center of it, and at that point, if Israel's existence is put in jeopardy, I don't think Prime Minister Netanyahu, who I've known for almost 30 years, I don't think there's anything he won't do to preserve and protect his country from people that have have committed their lives to destroy it. He has to do that. And around here, people throw around the phrase existential threat. They have an existential threat every day. I mean, their neighbors want to eliminate them and wipe them off the map. So Prime Minister Netanyahu is resolved. I've I've spent time with him personally. I know him as well. Uh, I I think he's a strong leader at at this important time, and I I think he's going to do what is necessary. And and America will back him up. I mean, they tell us when we're in Israel, and you've been there, they, they say the reason that we are able to sustain ourselves and survive is because everyone knows that our big ally is America. And that's an important role that we have in the world. We're not the world's policemen, but a strong America, as I said, is good for the whole world because it's the perception that we would be there to defend freedom. And that's been our role. That's the Reagan doctrine. Now, I know that Doug and Vince and I have been talking for the war in Israel, Hamas, and the Middle East for pretty much almost every day for the last month, just about. So I'm not going to get back off into that in the program today, but I want you to understand that what we've been talking about is exactly what the ring of fire that Sean Hannity was talking to Mike Johnson about, again, the speak, our current Speaker of the House, and that Mike Johnson's, the, the, he said, hey, if, if, you know, I've known Netanyahu for 30 years, he's not going to, if this goes to a regional conflict where they got to go to the head of the snake Iran, Netanyahu is not going to hold anything back from protecting Israel from this existential threat. Well, that could be a World War III scenario situation, everybody. And it was good that Mike Johnson said, hey, no matter what, you know that there's an Israeli-U.S. alliance and we will protect her. So it was encouraging to me to know that what we've been talking about all along, it's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And Mike Johnson knows exactly what's going to happen in the near future. And he talked about it in the interview. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? 
one-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. You know, everybody, there's so much chaos in the world. And it, I mean, we, we could begin with Washington, D.C., number one. I mean, it's horrific. Nobody trusts them people up there. Uh, a lot of voters in America, I'm going to say probably the vast majority of voters in America believe that there's no control. I mean, it's supposed to be of the people, for the people, and by the people. And our government, nobody believes that we can control anything. I mean, think about this. Once you have lost the ability to vote out people that are not doing what you want and vote in people that will do what you want, you've lost your ability to control the government. And a lot of people believe that we have lost our ability to do that, that the, everything's controlled and this, that, and the other. So, um, and we may have saw that recently, you never know. But I know the election's coming up next year and a lot of us are wondering, wondering I mean, it's got to be on your mind. Will it be a fair election? It's on my mind. I watched what happened in 2020. I can't guarantee that that was a rigged election. But I still question, man, I sure hope in 2024. But again, politics is not the, over, the answer. I'm not looking at politics for the answer of any problem in my life. I'm looking to Almighty God. So what's the answer to all of this? I want you to see a video of Mike Johnson and um, Sean Hannity because when it all boils down to it, we all, we, I turn to God. I'm not looking to politics. I'm not looking to Donald Trump. I'm not looking to the Republican Party, Democrat, and some kind of independent. Yeah, I do vote because we live with some of their decisions and different things, but I'm not looking to them for any answers to my eternal salvation or any any issues in my life. So I turn to God Almighty. God is my Savior. Jesus Christ died for me on the cross. I've got a relationship with Him. I don't know who Donald Trump is. Donald Trump doesn't know my name. 
And so I'm not looking at any, Mike Johnson doesn't know my name. And so, but I want, it, what, it, when I talk about somebody being a Christian fundamentalist and being a, um, having a biblical worldview and things like that, like I said before, it is certainly a breath of fresh air in Washington, D.C. <coughs> Excuse me. And I hope Mike Johnson is, stands by that. And I, I, from all I can tell, I believe the guy's true blue. And I think he is going to stand by that. And it's a, it's a breath of fresh air, like I said. But I want you to listen to his reply, the last video here, to Sean Hannity in this interview about turning to God. One of the things that I have said over and over again to anybody that will listen, although I can look in this camera and say, honestly, nobody ever listens to me. Not um, true, not true. Uh, uh, but I try. Is It's my strong belief that all Republicans, you're either going to win together or you're going to be, in the eyes of the American people, you're going to win on your agenda or you're going to lose. And I don't see any way of winning if you don't all stick together. I know you have these, this disparate group of uh, egos, if you will. I hope everybody will maybe hear your admonition and work together as a team and go forward, you know, fix our border. Can we become energy dominant and maybe start paying down our debt? Um, can we come up with sound foreign policy to help out our allies in a time of, of you know, a dire time for them? I mean, these challenges are run deep. And then you have the issue of law and order, safety, security, open borders, pretty scary times. Do you think this country's in decline? I think right now we're in very desperate times. I think the hour is late and the crisis is great, but here's why I'm encouraged. In previous generations of Americans, from the framers, the founders of this country, all the way through, at times of the revolutionary period, the Civil War, the Great Depression, the other world wars, when the leaders here got in trouble that was beyond the scope of what they could solve themselves, individually or collectively. You know what they did? They sought divine guidance for it. We have in God we trust right above the rostrum there, and I pointed that out in my speech. Is this the the Ben Franklin moment? It is a Ben Franklin moment. Constitutional convention. Exactly right. It's the same thing, and we're 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 calling one another to to humble ourselves and recognize that the challenges are so great, but that's where a real opportunity is presented. I believe that God is not done with America yet, okay? I still believe in that motto. It's not just a, a quaint saying to me. It's what the nation was founded upon, this belief. It's what distinguishes us from all these other communist, Marxist, socialist countries around the world. It's the key to our, our greatness, and we ought to appeal to that. And I believe if we do, uh, that, that, that God is going to give us his favor, and I believe we're going to solve these problems. Now, whoa, there's a lot in that statement, but Mike Johnson, it, it honestly, it felt like I just took a big, deep breath of pure oxygen from what I've heard in Washington, D.C. for years and years and years. Because he said, look, we're not looking, it's, the United Nations is totally humanitarian. Most of Washington, humanitarian, A. Hey, we are the people, we're the ones that are controlling this and we're gonna solve all this. And Mike Johnson said, look, I know we're, America's in bad shape. But he said, God's not done with America. And he said, I know that if we'll humble ourselves and we still have in God we trust, and he said, I believe in that. It's not just a motto for me. In God we trust, folks. I don't care how bleak the situation looks. There is still hope when God is involved. A matter of fact, God is our only hope in good times, in bad times. If you have money, if you don't have any money, if you're well, if you're sick, 
God is your hope. And so when Mike Johnson said, well, at the end of the day, I have to simply look to God, divine guidance in all of this. He, he's not saying, I've got the answer to everything. But at the end of the day, he's saying, we, in God we trust. And we, I don't believe God was done with America. That's what he said. And I know it's not from the prophecies of the Bible. And I know the situation looks bleak. I, we're in like, I think it's 30, 33.6 or 33.7, maybe now eight trillion dollars in debt. America. There's no way we'll ever pay it off in a billion years. Situation looks pretty bleak, doesn't it? I, I read today where the interest on our national debt is a trillion dollars, I, I, trillion dollars a year, I think. I mean, it's just, so it looks pretty bleak, doesn't it? But God. Yeah, but Dave, I mean, there's a lot, we've lost our ability to vote in America, but God. But Dave, uh, under the Biden administration, we're very weak and, um, the, you know, the, our economy's weak and all this, but God. But Dave, uh, the, you know, Hollywood is, they're allowing them to set our moral compass and our schools are in shambles and there's propaganda and the socialism's Looks like it's taken over, but God. Folks, we're never without hope. Now, if you take God out of your society, then you got a problem. But God is at the center of my life. And so I'm never without hope. I always have a hope. I don't care how bleak the situation, how dark the night. I always have a hope with Jesus Christ. He's leading and guiding my life. And it, you know, I had, you say, but Dave, uh, I'll tell you a situation. I, I bought new tires uh, a, a while back and I just came up with a bubble on the side of the tire. And I had to go get, and I went back to the place and they said, well, you're over the thing. Uh, you got to pay full price for new tires. And I said, uh, you got to be kidding me. No, sorry. Well, guess what? I'm a Christian man. I, I serve God with all my heart, do the best I can to live as a Christian, but it's called life. Things happen to your vehicle. Things happen to your house. It doesn't mean God has forsaken me. I've got a hope of my eternal salvation. I've got a hope that if I get sick, God will heal me. I've got a hope that if my wife gets sick, God will heal her. I've got a hope that if I fall on hard times financially, God will help me. He's done it before. I know he'd do it again. I've had time when we had no food and people helped supply food for us. I know what it's like to be poor and I know what it's like to get a helping hand. I'm telling you folks, this is the main point of my whole program today, but God. You say, well, you know, maybe it's a miracle that a Mike Johnson would become Speaker of the House. I know a lot of people believe that and it may very well be. You can never take God out of the equation. I know that there's a World War III coming and there's going to be a lot of people that are killed in that war. But in the midst of it all, on the backside of that, there's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist, the world government. I get it. But in the midst of it all, the greatest time of revival the world's ever seen is ahead of us. And I, I, I look at death in, from a Christian perspective, I look at it like my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, did. 
It's simply a doorway to a better place. And so I, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid of death. And if you're ready to go, that's why we preach here. Man, if you're not ready to go, you need to get ready today. Let me help you. I don't care where you're at in the world. Let me help you find a church. Let me, uh, whatever it takes to get you saved. We got to get that done. Because I don't know what tomorrow holds, folks. I wish I did. I'd be a billionaire. But I don't. I know what the Bible says is going to happen, but nobody listening to me is promised tomorrow. So we got to get ready to go. Man, I've got, to, I've got to announce this. I, I'm going to be in Thibodeau, Louisiana this coming weekend. I'm sorry I didn't do it before this. I'm going to be at the House of Prayer, 2229 Highway 3185, down in Thibodeau, Louisiana. That's going to be November 12th at 5 p.m. And I'm going to be teaching uh, my Understand the End Time lesson, you guys. If you're anywhere near Thibodeau, come join us down there this weekend, Sunday evening, 5 p.m. That's November the 12th at the House of Prayer down there. And then... Um, it's going to be a great time. Looking forward to seeing you all down there. Man. So, okay, back to my lesson. Um, Second Chronicles. Think about this, 714. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. A lot of us stop there and seek my face. A lot, a lot of people stop there. Well, I'm just going to humble myself and pray. God's going to take care of everything. Ah, but it also says, and turn from their wicked ways. Oh, man. That means the Lord's got to become the Lord of my life. Big difference, right? Well, Bible says, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. I want God to heal my land. I want God to forgive my sins. I want God to, to uh, answer my prayers. But I've got to humble myself and pray and turn from any wicked way in me. God, take it out by the roots. Help me. I want, to, I want you to be not only my Savior, but the Lord of my life. Okay, everybody, I don't think Mike Johnson is a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think he's a good guy. I think it's a breath of fresh air in Washington, D.C. We'll have to see what all he does. But I think him saying, hey, you want to know what I believe? Grab a Bible. I think it's awesome. It was, it was just awesome for me to hear the interview and all these people attacking him. They're just nipping at his heels because he's got God on his side. God bless. God bless.